You're listening to Local Government Insights, a podcast for state and local governments. If you're looking to optimize operations, improve services for your constituents, and maximize revenue without raising taxes, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. All right. Welcome to the Local Government Insights podcast, Modernizing Government Leadership, your source for insight for local government technology. My name is Brendan Middleton, and I'll be your host today. And we're going to be speaking with Ann Kirkbride about why it's so critical for governments to consider a digital transformation strategy now more than ever. Uh, Hi, Ann. Welcome to the show. Hi, Brennan. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for being here. So for all our listeners, uh, Ann is the business unit leader of digital processing services at Avenue Insights and Analytics, an industry-leading local government provider of revenue enhancement administration software. But before we get started, Ann, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and just highlight some of your experience in the industry and just explain your specific role at Avenue? Sure. So my career has spent in digitizing all types of records. Um, It's from the system side all the way to actually the scanning side, taking in consideration all the digital strategies over the last 15 and then you go back even 25 years, how how technology has driven how we view our information and how we handle our information. I have worked specifically in the government sector the last 20 years. So everything from small counties to large counties, public, private sector, Um, I have had the luxury of working with many of the largest um, companies and counties in in this country. Wonderful. So we're going to draw a lot of that experience today, obviously, and a a really exciting topic um, that I'm really excited to dive right in. So let's get right to it. So all of us and many of us have heard many times that before that digital initiatives are, are critical for companies to survive. And not only companies, we're going to dive more specifically into the public sector today. But a recent study and what really sparked this invitation to do this interview was by Adobe. They found that companies that have prioritized over the last 10 to 20 years, digital initiatives are overwhelmingly more than 60% more likely than their peers to achieve their business goals. And everybody's got business goals to achieve. So I want to dive right in and just my first question really is around adoption because I want to start with how do you get started? In your 25 years of experience, as you've explained, working with local governments um, more specifically, how often do you see them adopt new digital strategies? And when not, why and what are the reasons why they don't want to move forward? Sure. So I would say specifically in the government uh, market um, and the world in general are very comfortable with paper, right? You can touch it. You can see it. Um, that brings them a great deal of comfort. So if you are a government that is dealing with these documents that are driving our country's history, they are um, supposed to be retaining these records for life, there is some comfort in the fact that you have this paper you can reach out to. And when you move it to a digital format, that becomes less elusive. So I think the fear factor is it's not as good as paper, but in fact, it's better than paper. But I think for most of the uh, area that it's getting, you know, not having that paper to touch is really the fear factor of that, that somehow, you know, even though you can, you can take a digital copy and reprint it, (laughs) but that seems to be, you know, the concern or they won't be able to find it. Um, And so, but certainly as we, 
talk further, we can we can really show some examples how that's not the case. And when you think about it, paper is one of those things that is most susceptible to any kind of natural disaster, whether Mother Nature or internally, right? It's paper, it can get wet, it can dissolve. Ink was not developed to last 200 years. So if you're a county like uh, many of the Massachusetts um, local governments, um, you know, their history goes back 400 years. So I think it's kind of the fear factor. But once they adopt it, then that becomes a whole different story. Then they become very dependent on it. Right, right. Well, honestly, and that's a great lead into kind of one of my next points that I wanted to touch on today was continuity planning and how vital that is not only to the public sector, um, but also the private sector. And as we've all experienced within the last 12 months, um, you know, today it's a pandemic, right? That has affected everyone across the entire um, world over the last 12 months or so. And tomorrow it might be a hurricane or as we're seeing out west, a fire. Um, it just seems so important that at the center of all of the these issues, um, continuity planning uh, is so important and a digital strategy to achieve that is just so important. So. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of times what I've seen in the industry is that many state and local governments are actually, they often lag behind the private sector for whatever reason. So I want to dive in there just a little bit. So I'm interested from your experience, how do local governments with more robust digital strategies perform that you've seen? How do the ones that have more robust digital strategies, how do they perform versus the ones that really don't have any or very little digital strategy? Well, I would say it happens to most counties. It happens to most local governments um, organically. They start running out of space. Um, so if they have retention schedules that are forever, as right. in property, um, local, um, local government initiatives that have to be stored for, you know, at like commissioner courts meetings, all of that information has no retention schedule. They have to keep it forever. So it's exponentially growing, right? We're moving, um, the paper is growing faster. And so I think it happens kind of organically as they recognize we're running out of places to store records. We're having to move them into offsite storage. Um, how expensive is that storage? So I would say most of the ones that adopt it early fare better, and usually it has to do with funding. Larger counties are usually better funded. They think of digital strategy, but if you're a small um, city or town in Connecticut, you don't have the same access to funding. So I would say they fare much better, and they, and more importantly, they're able to react much faster, right? The sure. pandemic is a good example or a natural disaster if it hits. And let's say it's something simple, like there was a fire in your office and the sprinklers kicked off and it flooded your record center. I mean, that's kind of an occurrence that happens every day. What's your ability to do business as normal? Well, if you've got a digital strategy in place and you've got your records backed up, it's literally just let's move to a different location, boot up some computers, and then you can continue to do business as usual. Or you're working from home like we're all experienced now. So I would say it's happened more organically. Um, we're in a time now where federal funding is allowing some of those who maybe wanted to have digital strategies, but they were fighting for funding in their local governments um, against needing a snowplow or the roads needed to be 
repaired. So it was one of those things that wasn't prioritized. And you've convinced me it's important. You've talked about some of the, 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 the issues that could arise, like a pandemic, a fire, a hurricane. So, you know, office, a simple office, you know, sprinkler going off. So everything few and far between that could happen to cause the need for a digital strategy. Let's dive a little bit and lead into the process. I oftentimes hear, where do I start? Like, how do I get started? Um, so like, how can some of our listeners and local government leaders that are considering moving in this direction, like a lot of times when I'm beginning a new process, like I want some quick wins. I want to feel like I'm doing something. Like I want to feel like I'm accomplishing something without going all in and, and feeling so overwhelmed that I have to do all of this all at once. Like, can you talk about like how certain governments can take advantage of what you're describing in terms of some easy wins. And if they have a long way to go in their digital transformation, like where should they begin? Absolutely. And I always say it begins with baby steps. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, no, every journey begins with a single step. So you have to really just start in that direction. Don't feel like you need to know all the answers, but know that you need to know the first next steps to move forward. And those are as simple as, I mean, scanning has only been around really mainstream since the 80s. Now, I know that uh, 40 years, so 40 years, and when they were first buying scanners, Xerox actually produced the first scanner. They were very expensive. There was no software. We didn't have systems to store these bohemian size of data, which we do have now. Storage is very inexpensive. Um, Scanners, you can buy a scanner for $150. So the very first thing I think is, Commit that you're going to develop a strategy and you're going to start with baby steps. And that is um, that you have a scanner and you have a computer at which that can hold that those documents. And I think that's as simple as it needs to start with, as most of us are kind of used to in our daily lives. Cool. So let's talk a little bit about the traditional analog approach and in governments that that we are talking about right now that are behind in this digital transformation, um, how they need to begin thinking about how they can continue to offer residents, quote unquote, traditional analog essential services during a a future crisis. Because again, like we talked about, today's a pandemic. We may never see this type of pandemic or crisis before to this magnitude, but there's there's others on the horizon. Um, How they can continue to provide those traditionally analog services either remotely or with reduced staffing. So like uh, how and what does the process of transitioning from analog to digital look like? First, you have to you have to have hardware in place which is easily accessible, easy to get on every office out there. There's workstations on everybody's desk. Um, you then need to first sit down and go, what is gonna be our strategy? And that's really two sources. So one is, What is the retention of these documents and and how are these documents being used? Are they used only occasionally? Are they used every day? So first you have to address the use of these documents and that will drive kind of how you store them, where you store them. And then secondly, you need to look at what's in these documents. Um, Is there proprietary information that we need to be concerned with? Because then maybe the documents are only available um, locally within an office and not to the world. Are these documents that you want to have a e-commerce available? Um, People don't want to drive into offices and pay for a copy of a document 
they want to buy it over some kind of e-commerce driven through the you know online access and are happy to pay service fees for that and then print it at home. There's huge advantages and additional revenue streams for county. So I think you need to look at just very simply is what what's the retention schedule of these documents? Do I have to keep them forever? And who's using them? And what is their purpose? And is there anything in there that's proprietary? And that is really just the start. Simple as that. Maybe you look at the documents that you are processing today moving forward. It doesn't have to be back to 100 or 200 years. It could be maybe just today moving forward. Got it. So we talked about the need. We talked about the process and kind of the next steps in terms of how to approach it and the easy wins and what to approach first. Um, I often like to, when I do these types of interviews, talk about the negative aspect too and what to avoid. So in terms of critical next steps, like what steps are one, non-negotiable that you have to do first? And then I'd like to hear your perspective on what are some of the surprises that certain local governments have come up with that you've seen that our listeners may be able to learn from or avoid? Sure. Well, what's non-negotiable? What's non-negotiable is protection of the records. Often you're taking paper that might have a seal on it and it's authenticity. So there's the authenticity of the records, retaining them in a way where you know they are the authentic representation of that paper document or that film or a a number of uh, archival standards that have been used in our local governments over the last, you know, hundred years. And the second thing is multiple backups. What's nice when you have a digital strategy is you can store it in the cloud. You can store it. I, you know, I like to use this as an example, right? This is a one terabyte hard drive, and you can see it's you know about four inches, and this will hold about five million records on it. So even as simple as storing it on a hard drive, putting it in in your desk, and then you know, and, and then as sophisticated as loading it to the cloud putting it on your um, intranet within your office. So again, um, very inexpensive in this drive, costs about $120. So I would say multiple backups is key. So if anyone, you know, if that one piece of paper gets destroyed, it's gone. But with digital, you can have multiple backups. Um, So protect the authenticity of the record. Protect if there's any personal information in that record. There are HIPAA laws that local governments have to adhere to, and then store it several times. So this one's about historical records. And uh, fortunately, in today's world, uh, we have the technology to protect our country's records and make them quickly, instantaneously, oftentimes accessible to Governments have that ability to make them accessible to their constituents and citizens like you and I. Um, as you pointed out, it's it's so important for governments to go digital and properly record their files but, uh, because we never know what will happen. My question is, I'm tying the pandemic to this, but what effect has this pandemic had to move local governments forward with innovation and digitization, if any? And then how do you think they'll operate differently post-pandemic? Like, once, what are the lessons learned, so to speak, once we get out of this? And how do you think they'll operate differently than they did before? Um, You know, the pandemic hit us very much like any other natural disaster immediately. I mean, within weeks, um, the country was closing down, offices were closed. So it, it literally has changed the way people do business. And what happened with a lot of local governments is they closed their doors. Well, what if you were trying to buy a house? What if you were in the middle of 
building now uh, what if now you're trying to change your office to make it socially distanced and you need to put in walls and you can't get a building permit because the offices are closed it is forever changed how we will do business and like you mentioned those jurisdictions that had been working on a digital strategy basically then say hey we're moving people to home it was more about getting computers and giving them um, secure access to these documents but if you have courthouses filled with paper you have an entirely different struggle now um, I'd like to bring up some of the exciting things we've gotten to do so Plymouth County is um, the oldest county and one of the first colonies in our country the Mayflower landed there and this was just a fascinating project to see these documents written 400 years ago oh. that it was Plymouth's goal to digitize them and make them available to the world. They want them available online because historians wanted to see them. Um, but it was challenging from our perspective, right? Because you had paper that was 400 years old. And although they had been storing it in climately controlled rooms, we were also, they were all handwritten. And so to make them searchable, we transcribed. And if you've not ever read a document written in the 1600s, you'll clearly <laughs> find out there was no Webster's Dictionary. That's right. It was just attorney, like just attorneys deciding what words meant, and so, um, so there were many challenges to that. But certainly, being able to uh, transcribe the Mayflower, which what is our first record of of wow. our yeah of our community that was driving policy, right? They had to form that on the Mayflower so that they yeah. had some kind of government it was the first government document ever in our history so when you saw those challenges it was absolutely fascinating and now those documents are available to the world when you go to the plymouth website and so but he's had a digital strategy in place and every year he commits funding to it and every year plymouth looks at how we're going to move forward and so he has gone back to his first county record he's gone back to his first colony record so his, he has a very strong digital strategy in place and he's committed to it every year and every year part of his funding goes to that and then you wake up one day, 400 years of your history is available online. Um, move forward to now where the pandemic and you're a small county in Vermont who's always wanted to digitize or a city or a town anywhere, maybe you're in Texas. Now the pandemic is hit and your office is closed and it's not safe for your people to go in. Well, we've seen in the last quarter of this year where we had 22 of these counties like, hey, we need to be online today because we can collect revenue that our county needs because we can't come into the office and you can't come into the office. And so even if you're a small county, what we saw is legislatively they were given access to funding that has to do with digitizing their records and make their records available online. I mean, 22 counties and in a course of 10 weeks, we were able to go out and bring many of those who only had a computer on their desk and paper files in cabinets um, completely online. That was very exciting. And, and they're so excited now, right, because they've always wanted to do it. So it, it, it is attached with funding prior, being a priority right now. So those are some of the fun stories that we've done. We've worked in very large communities um, where maybe they're trying to, one of the things when you do start, if you have a digital strategy, then you start getting other problems like you have a digital record and 40 people are saving that same file 
on mm -hmm. everybody's desktop, clogging up their SharePoint site. So once you get down the road that far, then you start dealing with those kind of strategies. So Monroe County is one in Pennsylvania where they had that same concern. They have a strong digital strategy. And so now it's taking all those records and putting them into a unified access point where instead of everybody storing things locally on a hard drive, they're stored locally on a shared um, office drive, whether it's office or a county, so that you can pull that electronic document a million, you know, a million times you can be looking at it, but you don't have to be storing them locally on hard drives and clogging up your computer system. So, but those are problems you have later right. on. I love that. I love that. There's so many directions I want to go here. Um, one other quick question maybe you could touch on. You talked about collecting revenues, like some of these governments were, they were, their offices are shut down, so not able to collect on some of the records that are being downloaded or retrieved. Like, can you talk about that a little bit, how this, in some degree, is a revenue enhancement component? Absolutely. Um, it now becomes a commodity, right? So right. first of all, if people can't come into the office, they're not paying fees to record documents. They're not paying transfer tax fees. There's So first, it's put a halt on these governments. And we won't even know how this is affecting their budgets until mm -hmm. next year because the budgets they have now are from last year. But as they're doing their budgets next year, they're going to have loss of revenue. So wow. by beefing up your digital strategy, you're allowing that you can now have access to those records, um, even if it's as simple as maybe you don't have online fillable forms, but you can certainly email a form. You mm -hmm. can pay online with a credit card um, and continue the revenue as we know it. I mean, we don't even know the effect of that is. And then, of course... Um, the revenue that a lot of counties are using to pay for these, I'll use Allegheny County as an example. Uh, again, a county that we've worked with has a huge history, millions and millions and millions of records, um, and, and we've been basically digitizing them back in time. And they have a, a very good online presence where they can present those records to be purchased online and you're basically downloading them, paying a convenience fee. And I don't know about you, Brennan, but if, if you try to park in the in a big city anywhere, parking's gonna cost you twenty to twenty-five dollars. So I yeah, and then the drive there and the gas. So if I can spend, you know, dollars and download and uh, you know, a record that I need right now, I'd say that far outweighs um, the trek to the county office and standing absolutely. in line for your record. The old saying, time is money, right? Time is money, absolutely, yes. absolutely. And the revenue, you know, this revenue is happening to these counties basically unassisted. Um, they've digitized their records, they're sitting in their libraries electronically, and, and instead of a person rooting around and finding Brennan's deed, um, you know, Brennan is finding his own deed and downloading it and printing it at his own office. So the cost savings is amazing. I mean, when you think of the people value, the cost mm. of the equipment, mm. it's just a win-win for everyone. That's awesome. Really, really cool. So uh, it's been a very insightful conversation, Anne. This has been incredible. There's other areas we're going to touch base on at a later date. I'm sure I have just so many different questions. I'd love to just dive a little bit deeper into some of these areas, as I know this is just such an important initiative that so many local governments um, just need to give some thought into just starting somewhere, like you mentioned, or if you have funding to to consider doubling down on it, you know, given our recent months and, and recent um, mm -hmm. um, pandemic and other natural disasters. But is, can you just 
leave us with a couple key takeaways from our conversation today that you would like our, our listeners to leave with? Absolutely. Day one, just commit to having a digital strategy. Think through the use of those documents, how you're going to store them, and again, multiply store them. And then just start um, there. If you don't have the technology resources in your own offices, there are many, many people out there that will help you, walk you through the process. But like any great journey, it starts with a single step. I love hearing your perspective on this, Anne. Thank you so much for joining us on the Local Government Insights uh, podcast, Modernizing Government Leadership. For those listening in, uh, make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Please stay tuned for more local government news and insights to come. We look forward to having you join us next time. You've been listening to Local Government Insights, modernizing government leadership. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time. This episode is brought to you by Avenue, your state and local government partner. Avenue partners with state and local officials to boost revenue, optimize operations, and deepen community trust. Avenue brings over 40 years of experience working with over 3,000 local governments to bring you the greatest insights. We work alongside your team to find ways to maximize revenue for local governments without raising taxes. Join us today to learn about ways to drive enhanced results for your community. To get in contact with the Avenue team, visit www.avenueinsights.com.